a weekend of football it was. Arsenal and Liverpool treat us to the best game of the season, quote marks, sparked by Zaka and Trent getting very fired up. Elsewhere, Brighton are robbed three times by the PGMOL and Roy brings back London Cage of Football to Crystal Palace. All of that and more on today's episode of From the Back Seat. So I think this is going to be one of the rare intros where I don't have to ask you how you are because we literally spent the whole weekend together because uh, it was Easter and we went back to our mum's house. Yeah. Well rested. Very nice. Very, very relaxed. There's not many traditions in England when it comes to Easter, apart from just just eating loads of food, basically. But that might eating just be food. that might just be our family traditions in general. I don't know. I feel like Easter roasts are pretty synonymous these days. Where did we go? What did we do in the day where we was a into like a wild reserve, didn't we, on Easter Sunday? Where did we go? I can't remember what it's called now. Somewhere, somewhere in any Sussex, West Sussex, the Napa yeah. State, maybe something like that. We digress, but we saw a we saw a stag, so that was that was pretty sick. Mm. We tracked mm-hmm. a stag, some might even say. I don't know if say it was too uh, much, but we did a bit of tracking. We followed some tracks. It was great. It was a great day, though. But now we're oh, back and day. we were treated on Easter Sunday with a great game of football. As anyone who's been listening to this pod will know, Jack supports Liverpool. I support Arsenal. Don't ask us how that's happened. Jack will know better than me. He's never even been to Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to as many Liverpool games as you have Arsenal games. No, uh, I don't know about that, maybe. I think I might have edged a few more. I don't know what your number is. Mine's one, so it's better than one. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely better than one. <laughs> All right, well, you know, it's splitting hairs here. Less than five, whatever. <laughs> right, so four thirty kickoff, last game, massive game going into this. A lot of talk saying this was Arsenal's best chance to win at Anfield since two thousand and twelve. It's never that simple. It's never that simple. But it did feel like we had to get a win here because this is the start of an incredibly hard run. Um, and it felt like this may be the most achievable of those games to pick up some points away from home in this in this running for the for the title. And it was going brilliantly for 35 minutes. It was going so well. I was very happy. I was a very happy boy, giving it the big end. Um, 2-0 up. Martinelli was having a blinder. And then the pivotal moment of the match, really, in context, if you look back. Granite Xhaka, I don't really know what triggered it. Granite Xhaka, I think I went a little bit too hard on Trent. And Trent's had a little nibble, and obviously Xhaka can't can't resist having a bigger nibble. So next thing you know, all of Anfield's erupted, and the whole the whole momentum changed. You felt mm. it. You didn't think it was going to happen for the rest of the game, and yet for the rest of the game, we really struggled. We really struggled, and Liverpool really came back into the game. And we won't go into their comeback just yet because I'll let I'll let you speak, Jack. About should we start with the first thirty minutes from Arsenal, and then we can go on to the. The, yeah, the next bit. I, I was feeling very resigned to be honest. I remember saying, "This is going to be four five nil. This is actually horrendous." So we were just oh, getting battered. Like we were making really bad mistakes. The first goal was just like, just embarrassing. The ball just bouncing off different defenders. None of them could clear it. None of them could take initiative. Martinez just scored a nice goal, a very easy goal really for him. It just fell nicely. It was a good finish, but yeah. It was pretty nice, but the second goal really it was annoyed nice me. Nice little poke, nice little poke. Yeah, just second goal. Second goal was just winding me up because it was just like you know how you can see sometimes on the pitch you feel like your team's really struggling and the other team seems to have all the space 
and you can't really work out what's going on. Obviously, it's it's a tactical thing, but yeah. At no point in the second goal did Liverpool really get within a couple yards of any Arsenal players. Simple overload, simple cutback, simple header. And you know, I was like, that was so easy. That was so, so, so simple. At no point did we really try and shut it down properly. So well, was Trent, pretty- Trent was giving a defensive masterclass on that second because he was about 12 yards away from his man. He was so indeed. He was Canate indeed. had to cover him and that's left a gap for Jesus. I still feel like it was a bit criminal. There was two, it was only Jesus in the box, two Liverpool players in the box. He really probably shouldn't have scored from there. You were just a, you were just asleep. Liverpool were sleeping for the first thirty minutes, and it looked Jeff. Yeah, it looked like we were going to absolutely steamroll them, and that yeah. would have been oh, that would have been mental if we'd done that. Isn't that so I, funny? The Snodley Dawes moment, you know, massive, yeah. But I'm a massive pessimist, as you well know. Bit of a cynic, some might say. Yeah. And I just knew, I knew that Liverpool. I think I think I called it before it happened. I said Liverpool going to get one back before half time, and they duly did. And he did, and it was all from from it all changed, as I say, from that Jacker encounter with Trent. But after that, I don't really know what happened after that. It's just like Liverpool woke up and went went back three or four years and decided to be that team again. It was very strange, um, wasn't it? It was really nice. It was really strange. It was a yeah, weird reminder that we're actually very good at football. Sometimes it doesn't happen very often these no. days, but it's a nice no. reminder that we can just turn it on. It does still exist. It gave me a lot of hope, to be honest, for the future that it does still exist because it was a really. It only exists difference. against the big teams at Anfield, apparently. <laughs> it is a. It is becoming a lot more niche in terms of when it comes out, but it does still exist. I mean, if you think about it, that's City, United, and Arsenal all being at home for you guys this season, despite how bad you've been. So it, it is. It is. It's there. It just seems to only be turned on when your pride's really at stake, you know. Because a loss to us, well, a three or four nil loss to us would have been would have been really bad for Jurgen Klopp. You know, we were talking about it at the time, weren't we? Like, yeah, it was looking pretty bleak. So he's saying, what scoreline gets Jürgen Klopp sacked? And I was like, maybe 5-0. I feel like a humbling 5-0 might be enough to do it. Yeah. And I don't want that to happen, but he's testing He's testing a lot of people's faith right now and patience. So testing this was a much-needed yeah. performance. It's, all, it's honestly about performance. We're not, we're not in the results business right now. We're just looking for some good performances because there's nothing to play for anymore. If we're not going to be in the Champions League, I feel like we might as well not be in Europe at all. Because usually the teams that have a nice run without European competition, they can they can jump up like five places. You know, like Arsenal when they were out of it, they had a really nice season. Leicester obviously had a great season. Chelsea had a good season out of it. So it's not all doom and gloom. Yeah. But yeah. it would be nice to carry a bit of momentum and a bit of something to hold on to into, you know, the summer. Well, you, do you think top four's out, out of reach? I think so, Probably, yeah. Actually. Yeah, I think so at this point, actually. Yeah, it's tough times for Liverpool. Twelve like points say, is a big gap. <laughs> Twelve yeah. points is too is much. Twelve. Yeah. Oh, like you that. guys have fallen so hard. This stumble. I suppose that is four results without a win. So. Yeah. God diggity damn, man! That'll do it. That'll do it. So anyway, let's go to the second half. It was a nice equaliser, but there's no point in us just going over it. To be honest, although Curtis Jones had a big part to play, and he played well in this game. He did. Um, and you had a very interesting point that we both picked up on, which is. Trent finally being unleashed as an inverted fullback at half time which was like I honestly felt like Jurgen Klopp was like fuck it like yeah you know, what, what's the, this what's what's worse than what, what you know what I mean I'll just do it we'll just see what happens we'll match him man for man and he just completely negated Zinchenko 
in his role and I, I really hope that other teams don't try it now because I feel like Trent has a skill set to play that inverted fullback but he just hasn't been doing it as far as we've seen but it was really interesting to see um, and was, yeah, honestly, he, he was popping up everywhere though wasn't he it was interesting some of his runs that's were all the way from right all the way to like the left wing and he'd just be yeah. kind of sticking around there it was a very strange run it felt very like Pep Guardiola where it's like you're right back but sometimes you're a you're a midfielder well, and sometimes you know, you're a forward we have criticised Jürgen for not being a little bit inflexible so I'm here for it you know, it, it, it was, was a treat, it was a good honest. gamble and what it meant it, it was worked. that we moved to a back three basically when we had the ball and he was doing that Canate moved out to the right Canate was very very good some people say he should have had a, about what six yellow cards I think I think but I'd say Canate, those people are just no, very no, 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 no. they got very Canate upset got away with murder and I'll tell you what the referees were gagging for Liverpool to win this game Paul Tierney from Manchester well, absolutely gagging mate gagging well apart from obviously it's linesman linesman I don't think we'll the linesman got the memo we'll talk yet. about we'll just talk about the lino <laughs> now just the uh, I've never yeah, seen anything like it bro I've neither. never seen anything like it in my there life there was two things that I've never seen before which is a linesman built that big guy's absolutely huge yeah and two yeah I've never seen one actually assault as far as I can remember never seen that you, okay, I'm going to give you my opinion on what I think's happened there, which is Robbo's obviously gone over like an angry gob, right? And he's he's, he's got a little bit too in the, in the Linus face. Linus felt contact on his on his on his elbow or his arm. And he's instinctively kind of brought it up now because Robbo's quite short and this guy is absolutely massive. That meant that by bringing it up, he's absolutely just got him in the face. So I think it was just like a series of unfortunate events, and I don't think the guy should be laid off for it. Um, I don't know. Obviously, you're a Liverpool fan, so let's, let's hear what you've got to say. Well, we know that Robbo is an absolute goblin. He just scuttles around, causing mischief and just trolling people. So, I imagine that he was probably asking for it and it was probably overdue. However, probably not really acceptable. Because if you'd elbowed a linesman in the face, or tried to, that'd be like eight-game ban. So, mm. it's new territory and I don't know what it means... I guess he should be yeah, banned. Yeah, but it's the intention, isn't it? I mean, he's going to be pulled for the rest of the season, whatever happens, to just take the heat off it. Because the PGMOL after this weekend are in, yeah. in the mud. He's, he is the, the token mud. sacrifice, isn't he? It's an easy he win is. to cover it. Be like, look, we've maybe a problem we can fix. Maybe they did it on purpose. They were like, look, constant, constant well, teeth, just... Just do something. <laughs> just put your name in the headlights so we can put your name out in the papers. And that's it. He's just absolutely just a sleeper agent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, just infiltrating football. I mean, just, I've never seen him before. I've he, never he, seen he, him before. I, I feel like everyone be would recognise him. What I did right. enjoy was the absolute trolling from Sky. As soon as he did it, his name was plastered all over the screen oh, no. again and that's again I mean. and again and again. And you're like, okay, it you felt premeditated. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe there is something going on, but I do want to carry on the conspiracist kind of nature of these talks. Go on then. Paul Tierney, where do you think he's born? Oh God, I don't even want to start. Liverpool? Wigan, Greater Manchester. Well, I think Gagging. He... Gagging. How many are born in Greater Manchester, Jack? We've been through this in the previous, but I can't I don't see how that's now, an advantage but... to anyone right now. Maybe. Because who do you think, who do you think he supports? Well, he obviously, what, he thinks what City. He's got more chance of having allegiance with a Manchester team than than than, than a London team. Mm. I feel like and if he Canate was really should have been intent, sent off, mate. He should have sent a lot more players off if he really wanted to do damage. That was the only way to get people. Get Canate off, get Xhaka off, get Trent off. 
Mate, Canate should have been off anyway. He was absolutely. Don't filthy. be upset, mate, just because he bullied you. He didn't bully us. He was he, a one-man he, wrecking he, ball. He illegally GBH'd us. That's what happened. It's just that, that was one very. Anyway, no, we're just going to move on. Like, we're never going to agree. We've been through this. <laughs> Meaty challenges. Right. Anyway, it's two-one. Liverpool all over us like a rash. Like, I can't relax as a fan. I can't imagine what it was like to watch as Arteta and the boys. And then Rob Holding does a Rob Holding against the big teams away. He just loves it this time of year. He loves doing something stupid this time of year. Mm-hmm. Hey, Rob Holding's had a clumsy challenge. I've got no complaints. It's definitely a penalty. It's, it's such an avoidable penalty, but it's a penalty. So there you go. Mo Salah steps up. Anfield's raw in his name. How many times have we seen this? Anyway, he's absolutely missed. Again, sent it straight past the post. Very weak effort. Um, it's not nice I that know. I was complaining. I think how he should penalties. be taken off. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It just makes me sad that I was complaining that we didn't get any pens and then we finally get two pens and we missed them both. <laughs> just makes it so much, so much worse. <laughs> like, that is so much timing karma. All round. But Mo, I don't know what's going on with Mo. He had a weird game overall, didn't he? Like one goal, one missed penalty, 10 shots. It's just a very chaotic performance, really. I feel like he yeah. epitomises where Liverpool are where a lot of good stuff on paper but when you watch it you're like what's, he, what's going on you know even when it's good it's tinged with like bad the penalty wasn't great maybe he shouldn't be on penalties I don't know who's good at penalties but off the top of my head Fabinho used to be pretty handy at them back at Monaco so. I mean just take him off take him off get a new one you can't be missing two like that because at the end of the day that's 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 decided the outcome could have got three points here against us so anyway yeah. missed that and you thought maybe Arsenal could capitalise no we could not we had a very frenetic next 20 minutes 30 minutes and it got to the final five minutes it really reached know. a crescendo didn't it at that point yeah, Anfield was knew. rocking you just knew and there he is Cover the, man. the man <laughs> he loves it as soon as he came off the bench I just knew I just knew I didn't see us winning the game from that point on from the second half really um, and yeah Firmino's just done it done it I mean he's I done it again the goal wasn't it just a kind of a so let me, let me walk you through the goal let me refresh your memory Trent much maligned even when he does something oh, good yeah, Gary sorry, Neville can't resist the dig can he so he's got a Meg Zinchenko some really really great play um and then he's dinked it over to the back post and who is there mm. it's Firmino he rises above everyone else and it's 2-2 two, two. and si senor rains out across Anfield one last time potentially it's his sad. last ever appearance against Arsenal it makes me sad he really is an icon of the game Liverpool looked so much mm. better when he came on immediately there was one like round the corner pass which he got absolutely chopped for that kind of unleashed Salah um, who unleashed yeah. Nunes for a really good chance all in all just one final great tribute performance basically against his favourite team Arsenal just loves it oh, yeah and you know he may have decided the title I mean to be honest we need to move on but Ramsdale has to be England's number one after this game after the worldies he's pulled off at the end of the game couldn't Should believe it two absolute worldies back to back yeah and yet Arsenal could have maybe snatched a winner had Martinelli found Sacco it was just one of them games where it, it could have gone either way you didn't want it to end did you to say. No, you didn't want it to end you knew there would be gripping. a winner coming yeah that's how you want every final to be you know that kind of game for me and it was it was incredible now anyway we are kind of stretched for time so we'll just end it on this is, the, is, is, is this is this a bottle job 
personally a 2-2 at Anfield for me is not a bottle job it's just because of the context of this season and where we are and what's at stake and the context of the game when you're 2-0 up you should see it out generally dunno Anfield though isn't it Anfield yeah but you, you get my point generally 2-0 up you need to see it out so I get your point I think it's also. two points drops but the way it was going a point probably will do I feel like it was two points dropped too it was just one of those games yeah I mean, there's no winners from a draw let's be fair we both needed three points but I suppose everyone does anyway great game and we move on to another great game what a shite segue that was Leeds 1 Crystal Palace 5 now this is weird this is weird imagine not scoring any goals this year and then in the last two games you imagine you score six doesn't make sense doesn't make any sense I wasn't familiar with Roy Hodgson's game evidently evidently the eight months he's taken out or 18 months he's taken out I don't think so I don't know what's happened between the ages of 74 and 75 but he has he has finally let the handbrake off and I am loving it I just think in his old age he's just like fuck it I think (laughs) the whole experience of Watford's just he was like you know what football's dumb we might as well enjoy it right true True. And I mean, whatever he said, it's worked. Really well. But let's not forget, he did spend a, a good amount of time at Crystal Palace as their manager. Oh, I mean, he's he's the godfather. What I really enjoyed mm. was there was a picture of Roy Hodgson walking around Leeds on Sunday morning that was doing the rounds on Twitter. So it's just him, literally just walking around Leeds, just taking it in, having a look, surveying the new turf that he's about to take, and then he goes <laughs> and thumps them five one just to let them know this is mine now. This is my fucking city. And he goes back to Jeez. London. The Don of that, he is a bit of a Don. I mean, how old is he? Like, he must be in his seventies. He's, he's seventy-five. God, it's sign him up for one more year, I reckon. You know, I reckon why he deserves not? it. Just give why it. Not? Give it in one more give year. Give it. Give it. I mean, it's a game of two halves. Leeds go in one 0 up. Bamford gets his first goal, in what feels like an absolute aeon. Yeah, it was a good they, goal. They looked good value for set it. Piece. They looked good value for it, and you felt like I mean, Leeds went up, crept up to thirteenth at one point. I don't and think then, anyone could have foreseen it. It was one of the. It was like the Liverpool seven 0 where you're just like every single thing that could go in is going in. It's just one of those weird games. Even Edward scored a pretty clinical finish. Yeah, see that. Corner. That's a red flag. Yeah. Jordan, are you getting flag. a double? Edward <laughs> scoring a goal is a major red flag. Elise getting happen. a hat trick of assists. It's like it's basically like what everyone expected Palace to be like, basically. When we saw back the to the London street street football the cage football you know that's what yeah. we thought that's what we were like Crystal Palace are a nice team and then they just started being just the worst team ever so it's a nice return for them got a nice stat about Elise he's got more assists this season he's got 8 assists in the Premier League than Odegaard than Grealish Fernandez, Salah or Madison which is actually crazy it's a good company that what do you think about that and the players that they play with and how easy it must be to get an assist every now and again like for Grealish imagine how easy it is to get an assist or like Fernandez playing with Rashford and yet Michael Elise playing with Jordan Ayew Edward and Mateta has somehow mm. got eight assists imagine if he had an actual striker he assists. is a baller though he is actually a baller Elise for sure so this could be the, you know like Martinelli had a okay season before this one this could be the okay season before the absolute blow-up season next season. You reckon? Where he becomes... And he was highly rated when he was at Reading. It was, it was seen as a coup at the time when Palace signed him. So it kind of doesn't surprise me in a way. And it's a shame that he opted for France over England because yeah. we definitely need more tricky wingers. Actually, we do need right wingers. We him, do on the right, yeah. 
Imagine rotating him and Bakayo. I mean, there's still time for him to come back, but as it stands, he's, he's going for France. And fair play to his ambition, you know. Fair play, because that's a hard team to get into. But then at Palace, 33 points in 12th, their favourite position. And Leeds dropped down 16th, which is just a testament. I mean, the gap is opening up down there now, for sure, yeah. in terms of the, the bottom teams from 12th down. But yeah, Leeds, Leeds, Leeds in a tricky situation, but time and time again. I simply am here to observe the relegation battle and not offer any insight or prediction as to what may happen. You don't wish to curse anyone else to drop points. I don't blame you. I'm no. going to say it. I think Palace are safe. One more win and they're safe. Ah, uh, we said that weeks ago and then they suddenly like, oh God, they're not looking safe. So I think 36 points see. with seven games to go. If they get three points in the next one seven games to go, I think they're fine. Yeah. All right, well, look, let's go to the most controversial game of the weekend. Sorry, my cat is begging to come in. I'm just going to let her in. Jack, talk through the most controversial game of the weekend. Okay, welcome to the most controversial game of the weekend, everyone. This is my solo section. Tottenham 2, Brighton and Hove 1. Tottenham have won the game, but Brighton and Hove have won the moral victory. Because this was this was grim. This was borderline robbery, I'd say, at this point. I don't think it would be unjust to just award Brighton a point just for the absolute travesty that they've experienced at the hands of the Premier League match officials who have, by my calculations, taken away, I think, about three goals from Brighton or three very clear goal-scoring opportunities. Um, it's just a, just a yeah. It, it was pretty farcical, to be honest. and not the first time it's happened to Brighton this season. Um, I reckon we just banged through a couple of these decisions. So there was a long lay handball, which seen them given, seen them given all day long. Everything's a pen. It hit a hand. Pen. So that's number one. Matoma had a fucking sick goal. Overturned for handball. Again, it would that have been given as a pen? Hit shoulder. Maybe it's a bit of his arm. I reckon that wouldn't be given as a pen. So I reckon it's not handball. Reckon it's fine. I'm biased because I like Matoma. The third though, penalty appeal on Matoma. Someone steps on his foot. He goes over. It's the biggest pen I've seen all weekend. Not given. Gone to review, not given. Then Welbeck scored a goal, hit McAllister's arm on the way in. Maybe that's not a goal. Maybe I don't care anymore. No, I've got to object on that point because actually reviewing it back, there's as much chance that it hits McAllister's hip than it does, as it does his, his arm. It's just like, I know you've got to stick with the referees. To, I know the handball, oh, I don't know. I just thought VAR was there to clear up these ones and not just, if anything, it, it makes it more infuriating that it's so wrong. So yeah, this is four pretty clear goals or penalties just removed. On another day, it's not an exaggeration to say this was probably like 4-1 Brighton, comfortably as well. Yeah, I felt they outplayed Spurs, but Spurs have Son and Kane. And every now and again, they remember that they're Son and well, Kane and they are meant to be together. Let's talk about Sonny's goal. He's 100th in the Prem. I love A real that. flag marker for the Asian, Asian Premier League players. He must be the first East Asian player to reach 100 goals, but maybe my mind's wrong. <laughs> I and... don't think so, bro. The list is very short. I don't think <laughs> Sanji Hai was getting big numbers or Park Ji Sung. No, no, me neither. But, I mean, dare I say, he might be the most influential East Asian Premier League player. And, yeah, what a goal. With his right foot as well, which I think is his weaker foot. I, can't I, don't, think he has, I don't think he has weaker feet. Mm, I, think it, I think he does prefer it. Maybe nice. But it was a great finish. A proper Son finish. Yeah. Um, just, it's a shame we don't see more of it to be honest it was a nice throwback wasn't it just a genuinely world class finish 
from Son and mm-hmm. you're like okay nice so he he also still has it you know maybe maybe it was just a blip maybe it was just a blip this season maybe he'll be back next season I'd like that I feel like it's everything's a little worse without Son there um, I'll tell you what I did enjoy the uh, the Italian touchline antics which yes. I can only think can come from you know Italian beef it was like if two Englishmen were in Syria you know well, mate, a bit more bad blood I've got the inside scoop I've been speaking to my sources on the ground mm-hmm. and apparently in the pre-match um, Stellini was saying that De Zerbi was just very lucky to inherit all of Potter's good work basically and he was kind of just riding Ooh. on riding on the sort of platform that had already been built and De Zerbi came out didn't like that started pointing fingers immediately at him from you know pre-kickoff so it was almost inevitable De Zerbi likes to get wound up he's a fiery man and that was all he needed to just go for it ba 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 I can exactly. imagine it some proper Italian that's what I mean it's just I reckon it's because they're Italian as well they're quite I don't know there's something about your countrymen I don't know I don't know I just I feel like there's something a bit more bitter in it so the, mind, the mind games mate nothing. the mind game started and if you're going to be really cynical Stellini with a it's like a Jose Mourinho masterclass mind games early get him wound up get him sent off and then somehow grind out an undeserved win it's all very Jose Mourinho at Spurs mm, nice throwback that's true yeah I mean it was very lucky from Spurs but goodness me they, didn't, they needed that result yeah I feel like Brighton have been on the end of some really bad and poor decisions throughout the season to be honest Those, considering how much bad luck and you know what happened with Potter and Chelsea etc they're in a really good position still they've had yeah they've had such a horrible time like <laughs> there would be no shame in them being like Su- like survival survival mode like down there mm. in 15th the amount of turmoil and bad decisions they've had and yet you look at their team and you're like god damn like Caicedo was actually a baller I thought it was just like it was a joke that he was actually worth 70 mil but he's actually so good he's actually <sighs> so just really good right? and you look at McAllister and the two of them together and you're like you kind of got to buy both for like 150 mil at this point you can't really just oh. buy one it's like the midfield of dreams isn't it it's so like good one's left footed one's right footed they yeah. match each other perfectly they and it's like, just function so well yeah it's, like um, Caicedo's yeah. like the conductor you know with such a wide array of passing just kind of striking around and McAllister's just like just buzzing around box to box goal threat they're just so good I don't know how they've done this I don't know how they've signed these two for basically nothing but they're going to have so much money in the next few months there you go a lucky win for Tottenham a very unlucky result for Brighton and I want to say that Howard Webb is running out of the apology card excuses because I don't know yeah. how, I don't know what he wants what's, he wants his clubs to do with these apologies they can't bank them they're not worth anything so I think, I think they should sort it out they should start like a scratch card you know when you buy coffee and like the 10th one yeah. you get free <laughs> coffee so Brighton probably have about three or four stamps already on the 5th just give them a point just give them a point just give a point Brighton I'd love to see a chart you know how there must be some sort of data thing where you can see like how many points were lost due to dodgy decisions Brighton be truly well surpassed anyone else but there you go another game on the south coast actually no this one take place on the south coast actually just a game on the south coast we've got about two minutes left of the break so it seems like a great time to cover a City game <coughs> Southampton 1 Manchester City 4 yeah yeah sounds about yeah. right yeah this is probably the odds on favourite result really from this game wasn't it but it looked like mm. it wasn't going to be so easy Southampton were okay mm. for 44 minutes they had a few good chances they are awful scoring goals so it's not like they were mm. ever really 
they didn't really look like they were going to score the chances, but they had some, you know, they had some some guys run towards the city goal and look moderately dangerous. So you hoped, didn't you? From an Arsenal perspective, you always hoped that something might happen, but you can't kings. really be relying on Southampton bottom of the table to be taking points off. Maybe, well, no. the best team in the in the league. So yeah, yeah, and Haaland. Let's just talk about that bicey. I love it because it wasn't necessary. It reminded me of someone just kind of mucking around a bit, like, oh, do you know what? Let me just try this. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't the most efficient way to score. It do you was not think? Just, well, I mean, the ball was kind of, was coming behind him. I don't know what else he could have done. Well, he's so big. He probably he probably had time to take it down, realistically. But I just love it. I just love it because it's like no one would think, yeah, yeah, this feels right. And he just he, he likes just, them kind of goals, though. He said he did one with Sancho Dortmund. That wasn't a proper sentence. Sancho, when they were at Dortmund together, he pinged the ball in from the left with his right foot, and he kind of just he he, he can do that the kind of hooky, bicey left foot mm. finish into the bottom corner. Yeah, he did one earlier in the season, didn't he, at the yeah. back post, where his leg was yeah. above most people's heads. Oh, Borussia Dortmund, wasn't it? Yeah, just, he's got just that skill set. Goals. So, but yeah, I just I I just really like that. He like he's so good already. People said, oh, I can't head scores quite a few headers already he's basically mm. unbelievable and I'm getting carried away now he could actually be better he could be the best player of this generation the new gen better than Mbappe better than any of them he's just unbelievable he's actually he disturbing might actually, me think about this he could actually walk away with the Premier League title Premier League best player Premier League best young player and Premier League golden boot and I don't think anyone could really argue that he shouldn't be it's not deserved and the Champions League potentially if he wins the Champions League on top of all of that he gets the Ballon d'Or in my opinion has to oh yeah because so. he, he will end on about 60 goals he's got 44 goals in all comps now he's closing in on all kinds of records he's got 30 in the Premier League so he's what 3 goals or 4 goals I think off the all time record that's getting done that's getting set at a stupid level that no one's going to break he's probably yeah. going to get 55 goals realistically in his first ever season I'll tell you what I'm really looking forward to seeing him play against Bayern tonight because he's never beaten Bayern in a, in a Competitive match, so that's yeah. gonna be a really tasty, tasty but one to watch. I think it'll be extra motivated. I agree, but he is nothing without his best friend Kevin De Bruyne, who also racked up some good achievements in this game. Hundred Premier League assists for him, the quickest player to ever do it by literally a mile, by about hundred games. Uh, so he's got hundred assists in two hundred thirty-seven appearances, which is the fifth most assists ever. Four more assists, and he moves third behind Giggs. And can you name the other one? Yeah, it's uh, it's Sesky, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So that's quite mad, considering like how many years Giggs had in the Premier League and Fabregas in comparison. Yeah, assists. I feel like both Fabregas and Giggs games weren't. He's just like the ultimate creative machine, isn't he, De Bruyne? He's got. He he just loves it. He loves attacking thirds. You know, Giggs was like a winger. Fabregas was a bit deeper. De Bruyne's just like the perfect cam. He's not a cam because he, he he floats around. He's just he's, he's just, he seems he could fit yeah. into any team. He's you know? picked out about four world class like players and just combined them. Like he's like Beckham yeah. in terms of his crossing ability, but then he's got like the drive of like Lampard or Gerrard. He's just he's just a fucking animal, really, isn't he? He's actually he ridiculous. He's he always is. underappreciated. Always. He's Once he in- retires, we'll hopefully see a drop off of C because he's so integral. He's like Angolo Kante, but a bit more attack minded. He's still so playing the same level to the team. Another there is one more player. player. Yeah, three kings, mate. Jackie, Jackie Grealish, the Gucci Grealish, the bad boy of the England national setup. 
a goal and assist to build on his very good recent performances and maybe just maybe there's a player in there <laughs> it's taken a while you can tell that uh, Pep's message took a little longer to sink in the normal Jack Grealish but it's yeah. in there and it's working he's got 10 goals and assists in the Prem since the World Cup so that's in 14 games strong bearing in mind last it's... season he got 2-2 two and two in a what, however many he did so stunning yeah. stunning turnaround and he looks nailed on as one of sort of five automatic starters for the rest of the season now so there you go there's hope for you Anthony there's hope for you next season lad <laughs> right so before yeah. we take a break obviously yeah. now so we are six points Arsenal are six points ahead of City but City have a game in hand and a much more favourable run and obviously we face Arsenal face City at the Etihad in a couple of weeks what's your thoughts? I reckon it's advantage City right now I feel like mm. this Liverpool defeat I feel like if you'd won it it would be fine it wasn't a defeat no it wasn't even a defeat that's a, there you go That's. I think that says a lot that's how it feels for Arsenal because mm. as a Liverpool fan I've been in this situation and if you drop any points they are on you so quickly it really really ramps up the pressure very very quickly and if you're yeah. like drawing nil-nil after 70 minutes in the next game you're going to feel a lot of stress and the players are going to feel that stress it's not like City City just stroll mate they're chilling they don't worry they don't worry for a second so it's going to be fun because you're going to have to go to the Etihad and not lose and I really I really am looking forward to that game I really couldn't call it we're still going to win the league lads don't worry don't worry we're going to win just forget everything that Jack said just then don't listen okay cool. are, you, are you saying it you reckon they're going to win the league? I was purely asking you, mate. I'm, I'm only interested in what you have to say. I'm honest, <laughs> at this point. Anyway, we are going to take a break, and when we're back, we will go through the rest of the games. Welcome back to From the Backseat Football Podcast. I don't know why I keep doing these weird voice ad-libs today. Uh, just have to keep changing it up. I did it once though and I just keep doing it now and I don't know why I keep changing it. So there you go. It's anyway. right. It'll never be as good as Harrison's infamous Back We Are. <laughs> back We Are. Spun me. Spun me out. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Maybe we should bring Back We Are back. Hashtag Back We Are back. <laughs> right, Aston Villa 2 Nottingham Forest nil. Jack was actually slandering Burton Traore prior to Burton Traore scoring so I think there's a bit of poetic justice in this one but just a comprehensive I'm a, mo- I'm a motivator I'm a motivator you know Are you? I'm here to inspire bad players to be good Some might say you're a bully oh, I, I reckon I reckon he'll get over it I reckon with his uh, 75k a week and his two goals in two games I reckon he'll get over it <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, comprehensive as it gets isn't it for Villa and so God, easy can I just say I didn't know Villa had suddenly jumped up to 6th place what Mate, their turnaround is astonishing oh they are, my god bro I think they we were talking about relegation at the beginning of the season on the Gerrards just to give you like an yeah. idea of that's crazy so I've got a theory right I've got a working theory not only is it 6 wins and 7 for Villa um, but what do we know about Unai Emery what do we really know about the guy? Well, well not. He he's lives mysterious. on the moon. Exactly. In a base. <laughs> and he hasn't aged. He's at that base. Do you know what he likes to do? 
He likes to conquer Europe. He likes to do it in a discreet way. He likes to go to the further reaches of Europe and win. He doesn't yeah. like the glory of the Champions League. This is what I think. He operates out of a moon base and he just engages in like multiple proxy wars where he's like the puppet master. Am I right? Exactly. Is that and what you would say? The only way that he can carry on that operation is if they get back into the Europa League. So through his sheer mastermind villain. Oh, so you think the end game is to get back into the Europa League? Immediately. And then Immediately. and then what they do is guess what they do next season? They fucking win it and then they're in the Champions League. Boom. 2024-25 Champions League qualification is in doubt. He is a specialist. Sorry, it's not in doubt. It's what he does. He could not bear the idea of spending a season not in the Europa League and not winning it. I mean, I'll be honest, Like he, he's not looked that fondly at Arsenal, but let's be fair, the only time you've made it to the Europa League final, which is the, like is what we, is like the minimum, is under Unai. Yeah. And we were unlucky against Chelsea. So The guy's got like a chokehold on the competition. If he's in it, it's basically over. Mind you, on a more serious conversation, he did do pretty well Villarreal, didn't he, in the Champions League. Maybe he's just got European knockout ties and just Europe as a whole... Because you know, it's just like absolutely in. trash. It's trash, yeah. you know. So, man, Unai, I'm clapping Unai. I think Unai should be up there for manager of the season, which is crazy because he's only been there for like six months. But I'd agree. I think yeah. Months? Right now, probably him, Arteta, and then Eddie Howe, probably top three. Eddie Howe, or Ten Hag, maybe now. Really and Deserby, I guess. Deserby. There's quite quite a few managers up there. So yeah, good win. Uh, you wanted to point out some praise Mr Watkins I believe who's on an absolute purple patch at the moment again and again he's done it again he's done it again 12 Premier League goals this season now before Mad. I think before the World Cup he had one so that's basically 11 in 11 games or 11 in 12 games so it's so stupid but just for context he's got the same as Saka this season more than yeah, Salah oh no one nice. less than Salah more than Mitrovic though bearing in mind we thought Mitrovic wow. was like Mitrovic's been I know Mitrovic. <laughs> well, it's fair to say the gap will be widening between uh, Watkins and Mitrovic <laughs> over the coming weeks and months. But yeah. apart from that, for someone who only just started scoring this this calendar year, it's honestly phenomenal. He's uh, he's reached a new level that I didn't think he was capable of, to be honest. It just goes to show that Danny Ings is the problem. Maybe Danny Ings was the problem. Maybe he was all along. Maybe Danny Ings, you know, was just you know making fun of him in the Drake changing room and you know like I don't know maybe Danny Danny's just not a nice dude but the evidence is stacking up he does keep getting moved on seems like a good lad though very confusing the outside who knows but I mean Watkins is playing like Prime Ronaldo isn't he he's just a very good goal scorer he's just yeah but he's so also not rare, it's though. very it's just weird because no, he's not he, but he uh, is can we, okay who would you this is an honest question this is quite a good one who would you rather have lead in your line? Watkins or Havertz? Oh, bro. That's, that's, that's a silly it's question. It's not as easy as you think, though, isn't it? Because there's this idea about Havertz that he's he's something really special. It's just no one's able to unlock him, apparently. But the, mm. rea- the reality is, is like Watkins could potentially score as many Premier League goals this season as Havertz has had throughout his whole time at Chelsea if he carries on this way. Because Havertz is output is ridiculously bad yeah but this is where they come in with the it's not all about stats and you're like well, mm. well. kind of uh, what's it about then because he's, he's, nothing else is happening for him 
so yeah I don't know it's a bit of a tangent but Ollie Watkins keep up the good work mate um, yeah, you're killing we it we should see you you're in the England team man. once Tony gets done for his illicit gambling you'll be right up there lad and I reckon he offers a little bit something different to be honest in the in the England team he's a different centre forward than Harry Kane he's a bit more explosive like, imagine bringing him on like 70th minute against a tiring defence and he might just snatch a chance out of nothing yeah mate I think the battle to be Kane's backup is hotting up nicely there's actual like credible candidates instead of just like who's scored a few goals and who's fit and who's playing it's actually like who's actually the best one there's wow. a genuine battle between Tony and Watkins Harry Kane will be be allowed to play for his yeah it's, it's Harry Kane's backup it's a thankless task it's like being the third goalkeeper you know you're not getting minutes but you've got to turn up and trade regardless yeah, um, quick note on Forest. They are fucking garbage away from home. It's actually <laughs> embarrassing. They've got six points all season away from home. What six points yeah, out bad. of a, out of forty five available. That is unbelievably bad. And obviously, it's the worst in the league. No shocks for guessing that. But like, maybe buying all the all the players wasn't the strat after all. We got tricked mid season thinking it was the strat, but maybe it's not the strat again. Maybe, maybe that was really strat. silly. Because yeah. John Joe Shelby was bought in January and he gave the ball away. Just a really brainless goal to give away. That was a big and booty, that one. That's basically cost them the whole game because they don't win away. So the best they can get is a draw. Just, yeah. I don't know, I'm worried about them again. Just everything seems to be going Not wrong babe, now no. again. Like I said, we're just going to watch and then we'll we'll comment oh, once no, the dust I, is settled. I continue to forecast aimlessly and poorly. Um, speaking of someone I've been speaking very highly of over the last six months Manchester United 2 Everton 0 I hold my hands up but Sean Dyche's agent he got this one wrong lads this was not vintage Sean Dyche Sean Dyche mm, oh dear Sean Dyche I can't even bring, bring yourself to say his name well I don't, I don't want to speak bad about the OG um, yeah pretty bad I think Manchester United had 21 shots in the first half which I believe might be a Premier League record so that's not a great strategy to potentially <laughs> let over 40 not a shots great strategy, no. across no. an entire 90 minutes. Like there's being defensive and then there's just there's just this. Sean Dyche has his yeah, you know where Guardiola overthinks and he goes to Guardiola. Dyche has gone to Dyche here. He's gone, do you know what? If we just sit all the players in our box, they probably won't score. And it didn't work. But you know, he learns. He lives, he learns. I still believe Everton will stay up, but yeah, they really... it was a very poor performance from Everton and Man United needed that, really. A couple of question marks about Man United as we go on towards the end of the season, but very comprehensive and easy win, to be honest. Everton away from home are garbage as well, if you're gonna if we're going to be fair. Yep, agree with really that. didn't offer much. I mean, he let McTominay score. He let Sancho get an assist. It just doesn't bear thinking. It was weird, wasn't it, looking at the stats. You see, like, McTominay and Martial on the score sheet, and you're like, what the hell is going on? It feels like yeah. weird. Just a weird step back, like, five years, where they're still there, and they're starting every game. To be honest, That's... like, Martial, it's more of, like, a, an idea Martial now than an actual player, isn't it? Yeah. Martial is a concept at this point. I don't know what that concept is, but I guess it's a concept that buying Wonder Kids doesn't always work out, because he was supposed to be something special. But yeah, I don't think it reflects very well on Manchester United's transfer policy in general that these two are still involved so heavily and still contributing. You know, you think Martial in particular should be nowhere near the starting eleven. I know he came on, but still, it was a weird one. But I think my favourite moment was just just the weird 
just the weirdness of this like Anthony chance where I think it was a corner and it came out to him and the ball's behind him he spins really awkwardly with his left foot still Classic. manages to hit the, hit the post like he did it this is his only move and he's so good at it it's weird even when he hits an impossible shot it still hits the post so I was like that was really good Mate, that cut ball, in on his left and like that kind of curly finesse yeah he's yeah, got that on lock that, that he's got locked down and this wasn't really on but he still managed to pull it out of the bag even when it wasn't on mm. so that did impress me but then just to watch that followed by Wambasaka pick up the ball with an open goal and just slot it far side of the post I just thought wow this is like this is like these two players distilled into one specific moment as to why they're not going to work out at Man United you've got Anthony with his one move and then you've got Wambasaka with just no attacking output even when he's gifted a chance to make you know, just get get a goal or get an assist or just do something. He just can't mm. take it. He cannot do it. And I feel like those two aren't going to be around in a couple of years at Man United. One, I think has got to go, isn't he, this summer? Wan-Bissaka's got to go this summer, but I feel like Anthony in two, three years will just get shipped out slowly and discreetly and they'll pretend they never spent 90 mil on him. Yeah, well, it's an awkward one with Anthony because that's Ten Hag's man. So be interesting to see if he's afforded right. a bit more patience because I mean it was 100 mil as well so you know yeah but then you know we see Sancho actually contribute and get assists so yeah just a couple signs of life I don't think Sancho's ever going to hit those heights again but really hope so you know we've almost yeah we said it before we we said the same about Rashford as well didn't we we thought he was done after like three years of being pretty good but not great just feel like Sancho's a, a really different player to what I thought he was I don't know what he is anymore. He just no. I'm not sure what he is anymore. I mean, he got the assist, and you know, by all means, he played well. It's just he doesn't have the pace that I thought. I don't know. I could sit here and spend probably half an hour just dissecting Sancho, but that's probably the last thing the boy needs. So let's just leave him alone. Uh, and let's move on to. It's actually a really good game, Brentford one, Newcastle two. I have to say, mm. like two really good teams, and Brentford are brilliant at home. Got a really good good streak at home. I, I can't. I don't know how long it's been, but they've got a great home form and. Going up against a really good Newcastle side as well. And obviously one man was a major difference in this game. And I feel like Newcastle's dip coincided with his injury, and that's Alexander Isaac. Mm-hmm. Guy is a, a proper and elite striker that, you know, if he was at Liverpool or Arsenal or anywhere, you'd be like, yeah, cool. Yeah, he's yeah. just really good. I feel like mm. everyone knew that, though. I feel yeah, like everyone has known that for a while, for like at least a year. I think a lot of people balked at the release fee he had at Sociedad. Yeah, but then you look at it and you're like, what elite strikers are out there who are young, relatively mm. proven, and available to buy? There's very mm. few. There's very few, if any. So I feel like the next one to go is like Jonathan David. I'd put Isaac and Jonathan David in the same yeah. sort of category where you're very aware of them. They look, they get, their record's pretty good. It's just whether they can step up because it's going to cost you quite a lot. But yeah, mm. he's hella good. And it was interesting because Newcastle set up in a 4 4 2 looking shape with Wilson and Isaac on the pitch and they played really well together to be honest I think it I think it was a good tactical move by Eddie Howe he's shown a lot of versatility like Newcastle are almost in different chapters throughout the season you know they had like the weird Almiron patch where they were playing 4-3-3 and Almiron was the greatest player in the world then they had the bad patch where they stopped scoring goals so they just refused to lose and they just kept drawing Mm -hmm. and now they're having this sort of Isaac-led renaissance where they're just grinding out wins one way or another playing different systems every game different personnel and just getting it done and I just didn't know Eddie Howe was this good at like 
managing these things because it's not, it's not like he's experienced any of this before it's not like at any point in Bournemouth he was just winning every game and having like all these options he's getting the most out of so many limited players like week in week out and tweaking things he's just doing a great job and their goal difference reflects that plus 27 like that itself at this point is worth another goal um, another point sorry and that's just based on having a ridiculously good defence and now just just yeah just getting someone to step up and score all the goals when you need them so I think they're well, on the top four now Isaac, between Isaac and Wilson they should have someone well between them there should be enough goals there and the scary thing is they're only going to get better from here <laughs> they're, they're ahead of schedule aren't they they're it's ahead worrying. of schedule and you know what's scary for me is it's not like they've bought these elite level players like Gimmarish and Gimmarish is absolutely hating it which could happen we've seen it happen you know at Liverpool at City to an extent at United definitely where no, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's a stereotype. I'm just saying if you're from Brazil and you move to Newcastle up in the Toon, <laughs> it might be a bit of a culture shock. Yeah, it might be. It's bleak sometimes England, and I'm saying that I live down south in England and it's been bleak this winter. Like I've been facts, been struggling out here. So, but he's he's really taken like a duck to water, and he's actually there's murmurs that he's going to get a new contract, which obviously suits everyone involved. And uh, yeah, you know, like it's just bad omens, mate, as a competitor. Because if you're going to yeah. retain your best players, God, if they get a Gimmerish level player in all their positions, then it's a big seven, isn't it? Oh, it's already a big seven, mate. It's already a big so. seven. Yeah. But they really established themselves, you know, like it's a big seven already. I don't know what I'm talking about. It's a big seven already. Well done, Newcastle. You've ruined the league again after Chelsea and City. <laughs> I hope you're happy. <laughs> they are thrilled. They are loving it. Um, Ivan Tony, he's a fraud. He missed a penalty. Oh, I can't believe it. I, I can't believe it. It never happened in our lifetimes, but I guess I maybe maybe the odds of him missing were pretty tasty and he just couldn't resist. That's my theory. It was actually... Now, my friend ages ago, Nick, always stood by this. It's like, the only time you say it's a bad penalty is if you miss it. And the only time you say it's a good penalty is if they score it. But there, there are exceptions, but overall, yeah, I'd agree with that. But like, you know, like you could have a really bad penalty, but the goalie could just go the other way, and then it's a good yeah. penalty. But, but it would be a bad penalty if the goalie went the right way. Agreed. It, 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 this was very much very, one of them, wasn't it? It was very much one of them, wasn't it? And he usually doesn't with the eyes, though. That's why he's got such a good success rate. I don't know. I don't know really what happened there. I don't know. Well, I think what's happened is Nick Pipe has just psyched him out. You know, in the way that all new innovations in life someone eventually finds a way to counter it and then you mm. find a way to counter the counter you know and it's just like life just moves like that and football's the same you like think Jorginho did his, doing his homework I think they've spent a lot of time looking into this for this specific reason and it's like if you just don't go down and you don't look at him at all maybe it forces him to go and he's not really set to put it in the corner I don't know mm. I'm just speculating but just like Jorginho with his little hop you realise that if you just don't move he does the hop and then he shits himself then you can start saving them because he tells you yeah. where he's going. He's yeah, just waiting yeah. for you to go. If you don't go, then you can just like reverse it and just watch where yeah. they go first if you're good enough. Well, you know, he missed it. It was a shock. He looked shocked. Everyone looked shocked. And then uh, another penalty to Brentford and Mr. Balls was still himself, steps up and puts it in the same side with the same technique and he scores this time. So, yeah. fair enough. Mate. One to watch, yeah. One to watch, yeah. but yeah, interesting. But yeah, Brentford, mate, I'd put Brentford and Fulham in the same group now. Great two-thirds of the season. 
might just start chilling on the beach now because uh, well Brentford have form for this like Brentford yeah, did this the season before do. as well they kind of just petered out just get it done as quick as possible get safe and then just don't worry if you finish an eye yeah. for the 14th just don't worry about it I, reckon I, it's I just, can kind of get on board with that I reckon it's just natural fatigue they exert so much don't they as a team mm-hmm. so and even if you drop off like one or two percent it can have a big difference overall right anyway let's move on to the funniest game of the weekend <laughs> Wolverhampton Wanderers 1 Chelsea nil. Frank is back Chelsea are back in 11th so I don't so know funny. I just don't know anymore I mean really there's again there's actually nothing to say there's nothing nothing to say about Chelsea no <laughs> but that's new the manager thing. same old Chelsea so yeah. yeah back four same result no attacking no attacking threat oh, uh, they're a bit more solid but it's Wolves who aren't exactly yeah. known for their attacking prowess, although they have improved under Le Pettigrew. But it's just not good enough, is it? No, I did realise, you know, I read it in my notes, do you know that meme of like this like stick guy with a stick and he's just poking something and he's like, come on, do something. Mm. So that is how I feel like Chelsea are with Yao Felix at this point. They're just passing the ball and they're like, do something, please, please do something. There's no <laughs> real strap apart from just pass it to him and hope he does something amazing, which is exactly what Atletico Madrid used to do as well. They were just like, can you do something and we'll all just sit back here, please? I just feel like, yeah. I feel sorry for him at this point. Like, he's had two teams put so much stress on him. His back must be broken already. Oh, don't feel them. sorry for him. He's going back to Atletico at the end of the season. It's he's realised that. of just having no teammates supporting him, really. Yeah, you do feel like he could thrive in the right team. But he's. Yeah, if there were other great players around him. I know, but is there a little a bit responsibility? Bit of like, is there like a bit of Urzel about him then? You know, does he need like the absolutely just... perfect environment in order to play well? Because in which case, a lot of teams can't really afford just a, you know, what's the word for it? A luxury player. Because Urzel, that's what happens. It's the same as Deli Ali. They become luxury players in the sense that systemically they don't really fit. Systematically. Systematically mm. or systemically? One of them. I feel like he'd do a good job personally I could see him playing for like Arsenal City yeah but you know I could see him doing a trossard for Arsenal but that's yes, like that, that's exactly in a system you know and Chelsea well, he's just not don't have one anyway look it's not about anyway. Felix it's about Mateus Nunes and his finish because that was a goal that was a goal that was a goal that was that a was serious a goal beautiful goal if you're going to score your first ever goal in England make it a banger you know what's weird about Mateus Nunes is literally since he's joined all there's been is rumours leaking him away. <laughs> yeah, pretty much consistently to Liverpool as well. He's a prime example of a player who ev- evidently wanted to come to the Premier League, but he didn't want to come to Wolves. Yeah, but he doesn't have a choice because his agent is Jorge Mendes. And mm. he does what he wants. If you're Portuguese, mm. you're cattle to him. He just moves you around the Midlands. It does feel like that for him, poor lad. Really does. So. Yeah. I always thought he was going to be a really, really exciting player. And him with Guedes, I was like, whoa, these are some serious ballers. And mm. Guedes has already gone back mm. on loan. Total flop. Nunes, one goal. Thinking like, It's just funny how these things work out. Because I honestly thought they were bankers. I just assumed Wolves would well, be like eighth. I work with a sporting Lisbon fan. And he had the two players he highlighted from that Lisbon title winning team. Paulinho. He's, he's, mm-hmm. His quote unquote was he's way too good for that fucking shit team <laughs> he moved to Fulham what about Fulham <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I think he's right I think he's right 
I mean, and, he's uh, made them a good team, hasn't he? He's, he's, he's pretty much 40% of the reason, isn't he? But, and Mateus Nunes is like, you know, the star boy amongst that team. The, the one. So, he's still young. He's adapting. I mean, if Jackie Grealish can have a year of, a year off to settle in, then Mateus Nunes deserves it. And I feel like he's shown enough. I could see him at Liverpool. You know what I mean? In that kind of team, he'd probably really thrive. I just think the Wolves style probably doesn't suit his style of play that well either if I'm being perfectly honest yeah I agree with that it's just as a Liverpool fan it would make me very makes me a bit sad that we know all these players are good everyone's aware of them but we just wait until they're double price and then we buy them that doesn't sit well with me that's not what we mm. used to do so that's why I'm a bit reticent apart from him also not really contributing much but he does seem like a good player and if he was coming direct from Lisbon I'd be excited so Man, I can't believe guy. you're even turning your nose up at a potential midfield signing like you Liverpool fans are so know, spoiled mate it's, it's just Ooh, like Montbellingham Montbellingham you're not Gareth Bellingham lads so when you look at some realistic targets I just don't want us dropping like 65 mil on Matthias Nunes I'd rather we buy someone cheap instead is what I'm saying Fine, if we're gonna spunk all the money why not though mate we spunked money on a 28 year old Thomas Partey sometimes you just need to put some money in Wow, you're not Brighton. Send that to FSG. You're mate. not Brighton. Why can't right? we be you're Brighton? You're just not Brighton, all right? Chelsea Why trying to be Brighton, be? and look what happened to him. You can't be the star lizard, all right? You can't. Why can't we? Why can't we just you just be can't? Better? Just you know, you're a big team. Just buy proven talent, for goodness sakes. Anyway, I don't know. How, anyway, I, this was meant to be about Chelsea and Wolves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, what do we think of uh, Lampard's return? Well. He's just here to get some cash, ideally get a longer-term contract, and Not then get fired. He's got to the end of the season. Unless he wins Champions League, surely he's not, he's not even in contention. I would argue there's no point even instilling him. Like Chelsea have nothing to play for this season, nothing. I should have just so what's, Potter. The, what's the point? What's the point of paying like to get rid of Potter and then paying a manager? You might as well just just give it Avram Grant if he's still about like, who honestly cares give it Tom Poley <laughs> I know, it doesn't but is, fucking matter is Lampard actually the Avram Grant of 2023 to Chelsea do you know what I mean maybe but like, I just think like if there's actually no risk of going down and there's no chance of qualifying for Champions League like who gives a fuck honestly give it Tom Poley like who cares yeah, I would love to save some money stuff. just try yeah. it out I don't know both can't really worse. massive bonus if we've done that apparently got I'd to, love to see it obviously uh, subscribe to the Athletic guys so uh, Athletic Bias haven't said that in a little while on the pod but I was reading an article about Potter's downfall and it was saying um, apparently you know he, he was a bit too concerned about whether the players liked him I just got like you know like he's it, giving like, me more and more in between his vibes yeah you know oh, I was like oh that's oh that's because I think of like managers like Fergie or Mourinho well, mm. basically any manager <laughs> none of them are concerned not give a fuck. it's like you're fucking I'm the gaffer mate do you know what I mean like, it's like Arteta you know you don't like me cool off you go Pep you know unhappy faces gone it just smacks of like ooh and like Chelsea of all clubs with the ego in that dressing room and mm-hmm. and the history yeah I agree it's just yeah. it's head boy head boy stuff man his stock is yeah, falling so quickly right falling. now I don't know he'll still thrive in the right environment but I just think for now it's a bit like Brendan Rodgers at Liverpool it's almost like he hit the ceiling so it's sad Potter anyway Spurs. Potter well, Spurs yeah Potter or Spurs or maybe Potter to Leicester City 
Leicester City nil, Bournemouth one. Oof. Ouch. Savage. It's bad. It? It's bad, isn't it? Bournemouth really have bad. another big win, mate. They are. Look, they took their chance. Madison made a big boo boo. Basically gifted a Big boo boo. Big boo boo. Billing, Billing took it well. And you know what? When you work hard and you're pretty toothless, you have to take the chances you get and you have to not concede goals. And that is what they All do. Right. That was the most Paul Merson thing I've ever heard mixed with a bit of my <laughs> You know, a bit of togetherness with the lads goes a long way. They're fighting for each other. They're fighting for the shirt. <laughs> I love to see it. Gary O'Neill, mate, he's got them playing. Yeah, playing some top stuff in it. Some top stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean, the problem is, is in isolation, that Madison mistake's nasty. But the problem, that Leicester is so bad. They didn't create anything. It's like, you know, like, they could have redeemed themselves at that point of the game. There's plenty of the game left against, you know, a relegation rival when you're at home and you're desperate for a win. And they offered That's... nothing, mate. Nothing. They They're... look doomed, bro, right now. They actually they do. doomed. Like... They do. They look the most timid, the most demotivated, the most sad team in the whole mix, realistically. Yeah. Even Southampton are like trying. They're they're way less talented, but Leicester look like the only team who fully like accepted give their up. fate. Yeah. Given up. Yeah. Yeah, so even like the assistant manager bro. in the uh, post match conference, it just sounded like he would you know, he's trying to say the right things, but ultimately he's got no plan. He's got no idea how he's going to save him. Jesse Marsh obviously was lined up to take the job. He's now pulled out the running. According yeah, to the well, they've got Dean Smith now. Oh, right, of course. Yeah, they appointed Dean As Smith a care, caretaker manager. I don't know. Mm. Dean Smith, I feel like he's not a bad manager. He might he might spark something in them. He did Seems really like the type. Norwich, though, after his Villa stint. Yeah, I feel like they didn't have a plan in place. I guess Potter wasn't interested. No, no. Potter's, apparently, Potter's taking a break on a tropical island somewhere to reassess. So don't blame him, mate. We probably honest, won't mate. see Potter until at least after the summer of drawing. Sure Would he stay? Paid him off for the next six years. So why not Trust. just enjoy it? <laughs> Will Smith keep Leicester up? We'll see. We'll see. But as it stands, it's not looking good. Bournemouth. What do you reckon? I don't know anymore because I'm starting to see that Leicester. Leicester, Southampton and maybe Leeds all look doomed to me right now I feel Mm. like Bournemouth simply are just refusing it and maybe that's enough they're just denying that they should be 20th they're just refusing it I don't think they'll survive long term but maybe this season that is enough I feel like second season will catch up with them they'll go down either way but yeah I don't know anymore I mean it's like three wins in a row it's done wonders for where they are in the league they're not safe by any means but like there's enough mm-hmm. distance to give them something to keep going to the end of the season at least and just leave it all out there and they've got a really good goalkeeper as well who I'd like to point out Neto by far their best signing of all the signings they've made in the summer he is fifth on a list of goalkeepers who have prevented goals in terms of XG so he saved them about 3.1 goals which is the fifth highest in the league which I think is interesting because knowing how bad Bournemouth are at scoring goals that's basically at least three points he saved if not you know he's those are like one nil wins instead of one one draws so who knows how many mm. points he's saved just from being great so they have a chance they have a good goalie and they're together and they haven't given up fair enough I like that I like the stat as well I love that Allison's saved the most <laughs> that's so funny yeah the stat that, that I, did, I didn't like that because like basically listener <laughs> You've got Neto with 3.1 in fifth. Nick Pope with 3.2 in fourth. Jumps a bit to Jordan Pickford with four. 
Then Burton Leno, no shocks there, Fulham were over 7.3. But then Alisson, 10.1 goals prevented this season. Do you know where Liverpool would be if we had a mini lane goal? We would be 14th, I reckon. Well, what makes that funny is, like, obviously, with those ones, you should expect to see all the relegation threatened goalies because inevitably they face more shots. Mm-hmm. So they will save more. <laughs> Alisson's like. <laughs> By and large, yeah. the furthest, which must mean that Liverpool have faced so many shots. Well, you've seen us play, mate. We're like, would you like a chance? How about two? It could be so much worse. But anyway, we anyway, need to move on. The schedule one. won't allow it. Fulham nil, West Ham one. I didn't watch this, and to be honest, looking at this, I'm glad I didn't. So, Jack, take it away. Ugly victory for West Ham. A very crucial three points. I have, a, I have a new working theory about David Moyes over why he won't get sacked. Because if he was going to get sacked, it would have been after they got slapped 5-1 in the previous round. Which makes me think, maybe he, they're keeping him solely because the other alternatives at this point of the season, in terms of other managers that are available, are so bad that they don't want Leicester or Southampton or Forest or Leeds, these clubs that would be interested in someone like Moyes, they don't want to give them the option of hiring Moyes for the rest of the season. So they'd rather keep him than give anyone else an advantage. Because you could see him just joining like Leeds and just steering them away. Mm. So that's my new working theory that he'll stay till the end of the season solely so no one else can utilise him because the other options are pretty terrible right now. But yeah, West Ham won, so that's cool for them. Pretty awful game to be honest. Uh, mm. But yeah, Fulham are on the beach, mate. Four defeats in a row. They are on the beach getting a nice tan. And you deserve it, lads. You've had a great season. Enjoy it. Yeah, they're safe. And they've lost Mitro for the rest of the season as well. So they're the most dangerous yeah. player. William's hot streak had smelt like Almoran's earlier in the season. Yeah, like, this as can continue. What as did Solomon. Solomon. If, if anything, Fulham is just like a, a streak of players having streaks throughout the season where different players looked really good for certain periods and they've just managed to cobble together I mean look we looked at Berliner's stats he's a second yeah 7.3 mate save 7.3 goals you know every 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 player's played to a good standard so big three points for West Ham though massive somehow mm. West Ham have gone from 19th to 14th in the space of two weeks and uh, that doesn't even change. include getting smashed 5-1 it's it's all very confusing down there it's, all it's like confusing. a vortex of logic any one of those teams from 12th to 20th could go down although Southampton looking more and more likely as each week goes so and Chelsea aren't done yet you never know you never know well, you never know but that would be that would be the icing on the cake so that's it for the Premier League and you might think that that's everything that we've got but we actually have a couple other points of action before we finish this pod so you know what I'll shout out the Lionesses for winning the final Lissima they did it they're doing us proud after winning a major tournament in the summer they're now winning the finalism against Brazil what mad mm-hmm. you know honestly ladies are showing how it's done on a penalty shootout no less as well held their nerve they really do have something to teach these uh, the lads in the England setup. and yeah it's really impressive to be honest really um, pushing women's football into the ascendancy I feel like in this day and age there's never been more focus on women's football but in a good way, not in a in a forced way that makes all the bigots come out of the woodwork and start screaming equality and all this nonsense. But in a very kind of organic way, in a grassroots way, and it's really nice to see. I like that. That's nice, mate. 
I think I totally echo that as well, by the way. Like, just seeing any England team actually just do well. And imagine going into a final against Brazil, just being like, yeah, probably win. Probably win, to be honest. Never felt that feeling before, so it's just it's just really impressive, to be honest. They're probably not Elite. getting the credit they really deserve, but they're no. doing all the right things, and we're all, every day, we're becoming more aware of it. We're all becoming more impressed and more on board, you know, with yeah. like, the journey that they've been on. Well, even this year, it's progress with like the change of colour shorts. You know, like women teams. Well, a lot of countries who have well, traditionally have white shorts in their national mm-hmm. kit have changed colour. Obviously, with menstru- menstruation, can be a problem for players playing in a white kit, and that's a concern that you know has come to the fore. And I've, as an Arsenal fan, the women's team have played at the Emirates far more this season than ever before because the demand's gone higher. So. It's all nice to see. Um, and yeah, well done, ladies, again. Now, Jack, you have something very momentous that you ought to point out on it right now. Yes, welcome to From the Backseat Fan Mail. We've got fans. Right, us mail. <laughs> it's happened. It only took we... 51 episodes, guys. <laughs> so, by this metric, in another six to eight months, we'll do this again. But, bit of fan mail. So... Svetoslav Malamov a big shout out to you my man from Bulgaria um, shout outs my bro anyone who's in Sofia and they want to get involved in some grassroots football do a lot worse than checking out oh this is asking a lot Levachkit Le- Le- FC I'm oh, sorry I butchered that I apologise <laughs> Svetoslav but, you know, sorry Jack I didn't hear you you want to repeat that Levachkit FC I love how you said it in like a little French twang. Yeah, that that didn't go exactly to plan. Um, but a nice a nice message, and we appreciate that from you. Um, what he said was that he enjoyed the pod, listeners, and also that one of his cousins um, plays for CSKA Sofia. So we're starting to make some waves in the real international Shout football scene. Out. It's great to hear from you guys. Wasn't expecting it from Bulgaria, but we see you, bro. And we're very thankful for the support so far. So, guys, do keep getting in touch. Follow the socials that are somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. They're, they're somewhere. Uh, they they're exist, somewhere. you know. You know the name. If you're you know listening. I mean? like, you... Yeah. Enjoy. The internet savvy. You got this. So, do that so we can get booked by The Athletic, the master plan, and we can build a mean exactly. base like Unai. But that's <laughs> it. We've run out of time. We're going to go. And... We'll be back. We'll be back. We'll be back. We will be back. We probably won't be back for Champions League, but we'll be back for Premier League. Am I, yeah. am I right to say that? Amen. Yeah, I think be aloof. We've overcommitted before. Let's be non committal. We'll be back. We'll be back. See ya. Bye.